Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there, you're listening to episode 274 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali, and I wanted to start the show by saying Happy New Year to my Iranian listeners. I am super excited. We're two weeks, I'm recording this, two weeks before Persian New Year, and I'm already full of joy for non-Iranian friends. Persian New Year is the first day of spring, and it's two full weeks of celebration and great food and connecting with friends and family. So if you have a a non-Iranian friend, make sure that you tell them Happy New Year. They They will love you for it. Also, in this episode, I wanted to share two of my best free gifts to you. First one is list of nine foreplay ideas that you can implement tonight to spice things up. So if you're more thorough, I have a list of hundred, more than hundred ways to spice things up in the bedroom. So you give you tons of options for positions, for toys, for foreplay, all sorts of fun things. So if you are interested to create a plan of how to make things exciting for you and your lover, make sure you are either signing up for both or sign up for the second one. As I mentioned today, we're going to talk about prostate play and pegging. We're going to talk about what makes it pleasurable. We're going to talk about where is the prostate. We're going to talk about some optional tools that you can add. We're going to kind of break it down step by step where to begin, how you can stimulate things, how you can add some advanced things to the mix. Our guest is Luna Matadas. Luna is a sex and pleasure educator with over 15 years of experience teaching sex and empowerment workshops. She celebrates body confidence, self-adoration, and building shame-free pleasure in and out of the bedroom. She teaches a wide range of topics, including threesome, BDSM, and sexual confidence. Luna hosts the Plug Podcast, an anal sex podcast by BY. She created Peg the Patriarchy and a Medicaid Masturbate brand as part of her sex-positive and feminist merchandise. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Luna Matadas. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am very excited to introduce Luna Matadas on our show. Luna, welcome to our show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I've been following your work and I'm very excited and inspired with all of the wonderful things that you do. And we were just talking about how you are multifaceted. Like you have this like food Instagram account in addition to all of this wonderful sexual kind of like health stuff that you're promoting. And you have a, a niche when it comes to sexual health information. I've been seeing you in so many different podcasts, different places. How did you arrive to this place? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm so glad that we're connected because it's, it's awesome to be with other people in the field also doing like really dynamic things. And I think that's how I sort of got into it because sexual health and sexual wellness and sexual education, it's so much more diverse than what we got with our high school sex ed. And so the the pathways are are so different into it. And for me, I started working in health promotion, specifically around HIV prevention and 
STI prevention. And I was working in Eastern and Southern Africa and mostly focused on how to use a condom and how to, you know, and, you know, no matter, even when I came back to Canada and I was working in uh, frontline kind of community health centers and public health, I could talk till I was blue in the face about condoms, but people wanted to know, how do I get her to do this thing to me? How do I get him to do this? How can I be good at the sex? You know, so we, we weren't having conversations around pleasure. And uh, when I, I left Frontline, I, I sort of moved into doing my own workshops and teaching in the fabulous feminist sex positive shops of, of Canada and the US. And, you know, there's such a, a focus on helping people have the kind of sex that they want to have. And so I just started to roll with that and really in, start to entrench myself in how do I reach people who want the sex skills that we just didn't get? Wonderful. And it's such an important work. And I'm with you that I, I know many wonderful colleagues and sex educators helping people with having uh, safe sexual experiences. And I feel you can uh, educate people more around that if you're teaching them about pleasure, because uh, exactly. people zone out as soon as you start talking about like prevention and all of those things. But if yeah. you teach you about all this wonderful way that you can explore pleasure, now you earned your attention. Totally. I totally agree. Yeah. They they start to perk up and then they'll listen to the other things as well. <laughs> I guess it's a backdoor to communicating <laughs> about sexual safety. Well, you know, <laughs> I like the backdoor. We've been talking a lot about that. <laughs> that was, that was pun intended, yes. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of backdoor, I know you teach a lot about wonderful different ways that people can explore anal play, taking all of those wonderful things. And tell us a little bit, I know one of the exciting information that you share with people is around prostate play. So tell us what is that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think prostate play is confusing for some people because we think of our butt as a place where stuff comes out. It has a function and we don't necessarily get any information about what anal pleasure anatomy would look like. So the prostate is a gland inside of the body behind the penis. And its main function is to produce a fluid that helps carry semen out of the body through the urethra. So when we're, we're talking about pleasure, the prostate is so nerve rich. It's also connected to the nerve endings around the bladder, around the penis, around the perineum. And the stimulation for it can be mostly internal. The internal stimulation through the anus to the prostate is the most effective way, but you can start to explore prostate pleasure even by pressing on the perineum and, and ex externally stimulating the prostate. So when people first start kind of getting into butt stuff, I think that the biggest mistake that they make with prostate pleasure is that they forget that the outside of the anus has so many nerve endings. And so seducing that butthole is really going to lube everything up. It's going to bring it to a place where there's high arousal. And so you're more likely to find the prostate. You're more likely to sink into that sensation. And you're more likely to not cause yourself injury or damage or uh, I'm going to use a pun to a shitty experience, <laughs> you know, where <laughs> you're able to to actually explore the pleasure that that's available. Beautiful. And I, I know that one of the misconceptions people have is that if something goes inside my butt for a cisgender male, it means that I'm gay. And it is a fantasy and desire that many men have. And it's a relatively common experience that men having because it is pleasurable. 
Absolutely. That's such a great point because I think there's the, the internal and the external homophobia. It really has nothing to do with how our body actually receives or gives pleasure. So everyone has a butthole. And so some men who are gay enjoy anal pleasure and some don't. Some people enjoy external anal pleasure and some people enjoy penetration. And so really going back to thinking about like what feels good for me, you know, what feels good. And if there's shame in the way of that, exploring that and navigating around it can actually lead you to discover even more ways to get turned on. So it's your body, your rules. Absolutely. And it's it's good to kind of explore different ways that you can stimulate prostate, as you mentioned, that it's even you can, if you are curious about it, kind of exploring the outside perineum area that you said, and then the, you can slowly explore or like quickly <laughs> explore different uh, ways that you can stimulate internally. Well, when it comes to butt play, my understanding is that the preparation is the key. And I think it requires lots of kind of being intentional about making sure your body is ready. So what are some of the things that you recommend people to do before moving to penetration? Yes, absolutely. I think porn shows us sort of poke, poke, push, you know, and it's, it's like very quick. There's no lube. There's no preparation. The, the outside of the anus can benefit from uh, getting aroused by things like licking. So eating ass or analingus. You can also hold vibrators against the outside of the butthole and get it just sort of engaged in sensation reception. You can do things like anal massage, massaging the butthole, massaging the cheeks, even contributing to other parts of the body where there's erogenous zones for your partner can be a great way to just relax the overall body. Then when you start to move into penetration, we want the butt to be hungry. We don't want to have to force feed it. We want it to be sucking things up, like really excited, really relaxed. And sometimes our heads are in the mood and our bodies aren't. And so, you know, really honoring where the butthole is at, if there's too much resistance, if there's burning sensations, this anal doesn't have to be painful. It shouldn't be painful. It just might mean, hey, we're going to do this another day or we need a smaller object or we need more lube. So having even just a, a pinky finger, nothing bigger than a thumb as you're working your way up to training the anus through dilating it slowly. So butt plugs are a great way to do that. If you want to start to explore that, I think you should put something in your own bum before you let anybody else put anything in your bum. So get to know that booty hole and, and just see how long it takes to work up. It's a muscle. So we got to kind of train it to open up. Absolutely. And I appreciate that you're saying that it might, your body might not be ready because sometimes what people seen porn and then there's a huge genre of porn that's like painful anal and that's what's a turn on for that genre but for most people that are not into pain what I'm hearing is anal sex shouldn't feel painful like any kind of penetration shouldn't be painful and if you're preparing your body you can feel comfortable absolutely absolutely you might feel discomfort from the sensation because your body's used to using the sphincters to take your bowel movement out of your body so it's kind of triggering this like mind body disconnection and and the discomfort isn't the same thing as a sharp pain or burning or any sort of intestinal kind of pain. That's a, a sign that you need to slow things down or back things up. Well, I know that there is an involuntarily muscle in the mm. butt and that can kind of squeeze up and makes things uncomfortable. How can we gain mastery around that? 
Ooh, yes. Master that inner sphincter because that one is controlled by our nervous system that's involuntary. And so we we don't have a lot of um, influence over it through external sensations. The, the same kinds of techniques are not going to relax that muscle. So what we want to combine it with is breath. We want to make sure that we are breathing. It's it's normal to hold your body, your breath when you're so excited, you know, you're going to do something or, or you're like, oh, is it going to hurt? So we want to make sure that we're breathing and relaxing into that area. It, if breath is is not enough for you, I highly recommend just having something as comfortable, as far in as comfortable. So while not irritating that that sphincter, and then doing other types of sexual activities around the area. So maybe do something uh, oral sex. Maybe play with your partner's nipples. Maybe have another kind of uh, distraction from that pleasure and focus on building pleasure in other areas. And uh, the more that we focus on getting it in, the more that we focus on orgasms or erections or all kinds of things. That's also putting pressure. And that inner sphincter is just staying like super tight. Absolutely. And you talked about butt plug. I think that that part of training that's really, really important. And I hear a different range of a way how people prepare themselves. I have some, I hear some people are more, more ready, like physiologically. And I know some people have to kind of like do this training for weeks. What is the recommended period of time for beginners if they want to kind of make sure that their body is ready? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think if you're a beginner and you've never had anything in your butt before, it's probably going to take you uh, about a week of play to to figure out where you're at. And so some people's buttholes, I mean, you might be able to get a finger in there in the shower already, and that's pretty comfortable. But when you go to masturbate, because you're thinking about it, you're focusing on it, you might not have the same kind of relaxation. In the shower, standing up, you also have gravity. And so we're, we're kind of working with the body. So finding the positions that, that can maximize you, having penetration, that can also help. So not just sort of relying, lying on your back or lying on your stomach the way that you usually do it. The, the other thing is to gauge the, you, we don't want to rush the, the anus, but I think sometimes we think that bigger is better and, and it's not necessarily. You can still have the same kind of sensation from a small butt plug, but increase your training by adding things like a vibrating butt plug or a weighted butt plug or anal beads. So changing the shape, the texture, the weight, that can help your anal muscles relax just as much as increasing the size. What does the, for in this podcast, we haven't talked about anal beads. What does the anal beads do? Ooh, yeah, I love anal beads. I think, first of all, I think they're cute. They look like <laughs> they jewelry. They are cute. <laughs> the anal beads are great because because of their shape and then the the small necks in between some people find that it's an easier adjustment than a butt plug that has a more tapered kind of shape so you might enjoy having just two beads in you and a couple hanging outside of you lots of anal beads are vibrating they also allow for the sphincters to kind of squeeze around the little balls and so you're getting this muscle contraction and the release and so if you have anal beads in you, you can practice sort of squeezing with your, your sphincter and then letting it go so that you build awareness of what that relaxation feels like. Wonderful. And I hear that like people, some people recommend glass butt plugs. So what are some of the good material for butt plugs? Mm, yeah. Glass butt plugs are beautiful and they can feel really good. I usually don't recommend them for beginners because they're so firm. Mm -hmm. And so as a beginner, it's great to have a butt plug that's firm on the inside, but sort of cushy on the outside. So um, like B-Vibes butt plugs are, are very much that, that specific shape where it's got a, a smaller head, a little bit of a tapered body, and then a flexible neck. So we want to be mindful.
mindful of the dip the sphincters the butthole and then the the um sort of like the the outer part of of the butt so the butt crack and so all of those things are going to require different kinds of, of stimulation so having a butt plug that is uh, softer and more flexible, it can kind of help you, especially if you're gonna move around and do other things. If you're gonna pop a butt plug in and have penetrative sex, either orally or vaginally, that's a better option than, than a glass toy. But glass toys are also great because they're weighty. You can put them in the fridge. You can have a little temperature play, cold butt plug. Uh, so there's lots of fun materials, but yeah. Oh, oh and silicone. Yeah, silicone, obviously. <laughs> so I hear that it is an advanced and toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, tell us about pegging. I, I feel like it's so interesting. There's so many people curious about it. There's so many misinformation. It's out there. And I think it's an art to carry it in your relationship, like use it in your relationship in a way that's pleasurable, but it's not a turnoff. And I know that's, that's one of the topics that you teach a lot on. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So pegging was a term that Dan Savage, a sex educator and columnist created in like the early 2000s. And basically it was to help cisgender heterosexual men embrace anal play through this fantasy or this term, this label of, of pegging. And so usually the fantasy or the, the activity was about someone who doesn't have a penis, so a cisgender woman strapping it on. And for anybody else, pegging is, is anal sex, right? But it's great sometimes to have this vessel of a fantasy where you get to embody whatever it is that turns you on about it. So there's a specific turn on about a woman strapping it on for, for a man. And uh, since then it's evolved, you know, anybody can strap it on, anybody, people People with penises can strap it on too. And, uh, but the, the joy of, of pegging sometimes gets met with the same kind of internalized homophobia that you brought up before, feeling like, oh, does this make me gay? Does this make my husband gay? You know, is this going to change things? I think there's also stigma around the person who's giving. And so I'm, I'm a pretty femme person. And I used to think that pegging meant that I had to be masculine. And you, you don't, you could if you want to, but you can also, I mean, I like pegging in polka dots. So you can like, like however that. you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to, to kind of get into pegging, there's so much equipment. And so it can feel intimidating when you're shopping for a harness or when you're shopping mm -hmm. for a dildo. Uh, my advice for both is that the person who's wearing the harness should be the one choosing the harness. And you want to look for something that's form over fancy. You know, we really want something that's like holding to our body pretty tight. So we have that stability and control. And then for the person who's receiving, they should choose their dildo, but make sure that their eyes are not bigger than their buttholes because it's easy to be like, mm, I want the biggest thing. Uh, we want something that, that is going to make the experience pleasurable and, and actually facilitate a, an injury-free pegging experience. Absolutely. And I hear that it requires some getting used to for a female partner. Like you want to wear mm -hmm. it, you want to kind of go around the room to see how it feels. And uh, there is this movement that obviously you're mastering. How can we learn what kind of movement is a good movement an enjoyable movement yeah yeah I, I i i love those tips too around wearing your harness so you start to feel kind of comfortable in it you get an attitude in your harness and it can help connect you to an expression of whatever your sexual energy is i think even wearing the harness even before you strap it on maybe it's you're just going to have a regular night with your partner no peggings on the table but wearing the harness so that you connect it to the sexiness and pleasure that you and your partner already have the movement is going to sound silly 
but I highly recommend two things. One, I think is like getting in front of the mirror and air thrusting. You're going to put on like some kind of whatever music makes you want to like gyrate in the air because we want to realize that silly and playfulness is also sexy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be so serious. You're not looking to be a porn performer. And then the second thing is it's also kind of silly. I think humping pillows is actually a really, I mean, it's sexy and it feels good, but it's also a really good way to start to build those muscles and that movement in an area that yeah female partners might not usually have so there can be a lack of power in in that position uh, when we first get started so just know that that's just something that you build I love that you brought up the highlighted the uh, playfulness because first mm-hmm. of all when we're trying something new it will take a while for us to feel comfortable in it it's a new yeah. role and that can be sexy like being curious about new things are sexy you want to make sure as, as you mentioned that you you know uh, enough about it that you and your partner are safe but there're going to be some learning curve and it's good to have fun with it so I, I know that there's a different number of different variations that couples can use to like incorporate pegging in their sexual play but what about the female partner is it <laughs> I used to uh, run this room in clubhouse and the, part the people were saying why are you saying like take turns I'm big on taking turns so <laughs> we're doing <laughs> Begging for the male partner. What about the female partner? <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, right, I think so. Somebody, so a male partner strapping it on for a female partner. The, the female a, partner doing the pegging and yeah. he climaxes. And then, what yeah. about the female partner? What's what happens oh. to her? <laughs> Okay. All right. So this is a good one because I think people think that there's not physical pleasure in pegging mm-hmm. as the giver. There totally is. So there, first of all, there's sex toys where the strap on there could be an internal piece so that she's receiving G-spot stimulation at the mm-hmm. same time as she's penetrating. There are vibrator, little bullet vibes that go inside the pockets of a lot of harnesses. So the clitoris can get stimulation during that time. I've received physical pleasure from um, the your moans pubis, your pubic mound. It's bumping a against somebody else. So that same Mm. kind of motion that people like in missionary, that kind of stimulation is totally there too. The take turns thing also applies, (laughs) but I think that there's ways that you can kind of incorporate both people having a a go and it doesn't have to be the same menu that you do when you have penetration with your partner in a different way. You can mix things up. You can peg for a bit. You can do something else. You can also do things with with the, the strap on dildo that don't necessarily involve anal play. So lots of people like to give oral sex to the strap-on dildo and feel this fantasy of like sucking their partner's you know penis so hot and you're right that I can now you're describing it seems like it's it's pleasurable for both and I think taking turns still is is oh, yeah. fair you know why Get I'm yours. saying that yeah, yeah that like so many female partner are not getting pleasure during mm-hmm. all sorts of sexual activity so I'm not keeping score but if you're giving pleasure I am <laughs> you yeah, pleasure. yeah I'm, I'm like in a hidden way like subtle way yeah, of yeah. keeping the score yeah. <laughs> so what does the uh, aftercare that you recommend for people yeah I think pegging aftercare even all anal aftercare I think is so important because we might be worried that we were dirty or that our partners see us a different way and so 
you know, even if your partner just wants to cuddle, if you want to do other things that you um, are already really confident in. So if you both like kissing, if you both like going down on each other, you know, like ritualize this and make it that pegging is the sexy thing that you're trying, but your beginning and end, it's still rooted in the confidence of, of your attraction, your desire, your connection together. And, and I think having aftercare that is even you know, a little bit less sexual can be useful, but it's still erotic. So maybe you share a glass of wine or you have water, get rehydrated and talk about your favorite parts and be like, mm, it was so sexy when you did this or like, oh, I still see the look on your face. And having that affirmation for each other can be really good aftercare. Some people like showering and cleaning up together too. That can also feel really intimate. Beautiful. I love that kind of like this connection of kind of talking about what you like that can be reassuring for both parties yeah. that this was something that we both enjoy. And also it's great feedback, you, you know, yes. that what your partner likes and uh, what they don't like. And uh, kind of speaking of shower, I know one mm. of the reservations that people have is around cleanliness, but mm. it's my understanding that if you do a good job with sh- showering before, it's not a big issue. People are just so scared because of the fear of cleanliness. How do you recommend people to get over that? Is that possible? I, I bet it's possible, but is it likely for people to have kind of encounter with fecal matters? Yeah, I would say, <laughs> I would say this is the number one question I get on, on the plug podcast where we're talking about booty pleasure all the time. And, and no matter what episode it is, someone's like, yeah, but what if I, you know, poop on my partner? And <laughs> I think that it's, of course it's a rational concern, but it, it's, it's also what, what do you think is going to happen? You know, do you think your partner's going to leave you? Do you think that you're going to have to find a new place to live? Do you think that no one is ever going to like you again? You know, so kind of going to what's behind the embarrassment, like what fear is behind that. And if you feel comfortable sharing that with your partner. So me, usually I'm usually an anal giver and I will say to my partners, Hey, you know, um, I will let you know if you need to go freshen up, but otherwise like you enjoy yourself. Don't worry about what's happening back here. Cause sometimes lube coming out of you can feel like it might be a mess, but it's just lube. And the other thing is, is to recognize that it, it is a butt. So there might be poo like there's like, it has a day job. So we, we, <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah. but if you are cleaning out, I mean, I think the, the most of us are over douching if we're, um, having anal regularly. And that means that we're irritating our anal lining of the rectum. So having a, a, a finger in your anus in the shower is going to clean out probably the, the most accessible part for someone's finger or tongue. Penises and dildos can all be washed off and cleaned off. That's fine. You can also manage mess by putting condoms on penises or toys. And that way everything's contained in the, pe- in the condom and you just flip it off afterwards. Some people use douches. If you are douching, I don't recommend any solutions. You're just using warm water and um, if you you actually just want to use a little bit of water, we don't want to disrupt the next bowel movement. We're just flushing out the feces that's in the rectum from your last bowel movement. So if you had a shower, you had a bowel movement, you know, you cleaned yourself up in the shower, you actually probably don't need to do. You, you should be okay. Beautiful. And speaking of all the great things, but related, you said you have a podcast and I know you have tons of great content on your page. So tell us, where can our listeners get a hold of you and get access to those information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the plug podcast, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. It's by B Vibe and they produce all these amazing anal toys and I get to host it. And then I teach uh, over 30 on-demand 
and webinars. They're all up on my website at lunamatadas.com. It's like Hakuna Matadas, the Luna Matadas. Um, and on Instagram, I'm always doing fun things and engaging and kind of putting out my events. And so that's a great place to, to connect with me too, at Luna Matadas. Beautiful. The link for all of those great content will be in our show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being so generous with getting giving your information and your expertise to us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and you increase your knowledge about process play, doing advanced anal stuff. And I hope that it brings you tons of excitement and pleasure. I also, I want a gift from you since it's Persian New Year. If you have been listening to this show, it means a lot to me if you share it in your social media. I'm trying to reach a broader audience and you're my marketing team. It's a one-woman show. I produce an Iranian, Farsi-speaking, and English show every single week just for increasing education around sex. And I would be super, super grateful if you share this episode in your social media and tag us. I appreciate every single one of you that you're listening to this show and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.